Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so here's the thing. Devin Hester is obviously eligible to uh, to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Do I think it's going to happen? Well, that's another question. That's another question for another day because normally, you know, when you think about NFL coaches, they always have, you know, whenever they start talking about the cliches, they always talk about the three phases of the game. We have to win the three phases of the game. And yet... Uh, who's in the Hall of Fame for special teams? Is there a couple of kickers? I mean, non-Lou Groza guys. Who is it? Stenerud, Morton Anderson, Ray Guy, and that's it. There's not return guys. There's not like special teamers like Steve Tasker. So as I sit here and as I'm anticipating NFL honors on Thursday night and we talk about the Hall of Fame, I sincerely want Devin Hester to be in the Hall of Fame. I am hopeful that he is inducted. I hope people see the light. But every time that I talk to somebody who's not directly tied to the Bears, you're not a Bears fan, you're not tied to the organization, anything like that, they just they're just so like off-putting. Like, yeah, let's put some random, like, let's put I always go back to Jerome Bettis as the like we let Jerome Bettis into the hall. Like, did you ever watch football? And I know that people are like, oh, Joe Jerome Bettis played in an era with Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Terrell Davis. Who else? Chris Warren. I don't know. Like anybody. Matt Ford. It could have been anybody. He was not ever the best of his generation. And yet he's in the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester was unquestionably the best of his generation. And he's probably not going to get in. And it sucks. And I want to be wrong. And I hope on Thursday night I'm absolutely chagrined. But I don't know that he's going to make it. So in any event, I hope that he's there. I hope he makes it. But Sammy... Let's just go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Uh, thanks to everybody who is here. Of course, obviously the Super Bowl is just days away, but there's still a lot of interest, a lot of things going on with the Chicago Bears. I would like to talk about with you as we move forward, as we get ready for the big game. There's still a lot to talk about with the Chicago Bears. I do want to say this. Now, normally we come out, I open with a, I start 
with a cold open. So we always have content, always bring in our guests immediately. We do not have a guest tonight. So hopefully we'll be able to get to more of your questions this evening. Number two is uh, I don't normally lead off with, uh, you know, sponsors or anything like that, but I think it's important. We're not doing underdog. Sammy, send me a private note. I don't see the underdog rapping here. Am I not doing a read for underdog? Even if we're not, they're inviting us to their Super Bowl party in Arizona this week. So hopefully I will be able to go out there and mix it up. I am. So we're still doing it. All right. Uh, I will tell you though, uh, the best way to play fantasy football is underdog fantasy. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or you can download the app underdog fantasy go out and it's in whatever however you download apps oh uh, by the way if you sign up right now your first deposit will be matched by underdog up to 100 it's a great way to get started i know a lot of you who have never done anything like this who are still waiting for the perfect opportunity to go out there and be like i guess i don't need this in my ear anymore uh who, who are looking for the perfect opportunity to go out there and play fantasy sports to get into some of these props and some of these contests and things that are going on. The Super Bowl is the best time to do that. I will tell you that right now. You can go to a squares game. You know, you do, you show up at somebody's house, you put down 40 bucks or whatever it is for a square. There's no strategy in that. There's nothing to root for. You're rooting for a zero and a five. That sucks. At least with all these props that they got on underdog, you can have some fun, like use the money that you were going to spend on your squares pool. Uh, get into underdog fantasy instead. It'll be a lot more enjoyable. You have a little bit more strategy. I've got a couple of little picks here. We'll talk about these at the end of the show. Uh, some dark horse MVP candidates, some first score guys that we can look at. So a lot of cool stuff. Download the app, underdogfantasy.com and all that good stuff. So we want to thank them, of course, for being a part of the sick podcast as we start winding through what is going to be the end of the regular season. Now, we're not going to disappear or anything like that. Far from it. Uh, for a lot of us, you know, it is going to be our time to shine after this weekend's festivities because, you know, we're going to turn to the combine, which I absolutely hate. I hate the combine, number one. And I will tell you why. And we'll launch into this story. The combine makes no sense to me. I understand you go out there, you see guys' measurables. It never works out. You never unearth a guy at the con. I'm sure that somebody's going to have an example and I'm going to look like an idiot. And if somebody does have an example, Sammy, you want to throw it up, that's fine. The combine is always a detriment because you get overhyped on a guy. And then you're like, why did, why do we, why do we like this player? Because his combine, because he ran fast in spandex. I go back to the story of a couple of weeks ago. Actually, we talked about it on the show last week about Cooper Cup. And I remember watching the senior bowl practices a number of years ago when Cooper Cup was a senior coming out of Eastern Washington. Didn't see a lot of him. You know, I'm, Unless you're one of those people who watches a lot of Eastern Washington games, I did not see a lot of uh, of Cooper Cup. And then he went to practice and he dominated. And you're like, okay, this is his first opportunity to go up against like real Division One people. My friend Steve Smith, yeah, that's Steve Smith, was telling me a story when he played at Utah. You know, he went to the Senior Bowl. At that point, Utah was in the Mountain West Conference. He had not played a lot of like not like Power Five guys. You know, like SEC players. The first time he ran a route or, or at, the, at the senior bowl, he got checked. He was not expecting it. And he goes, you know what? Run it back. And then, of course, he never got checked again. And uh, he went on to have a Hall of Fame caliber career. He's not a finalist, which is stupid. But, you know, he had a Hall of Fame caliber career. This is what happens at the senior bowl, the shrine game. All these, all these bowl games uh, over the last couple of uh, last week or so, 
These are very important to watch. That that is more important than the combine because Cooper Cup went out there, dominated Senior Bowl practices. He went out and dominated in the Senior Bowl, and then he went to the combine and his time running around in spandex wasn't as wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. So then all of a sudden, nobody wanted to draft him. He falls to what? The third round, the Rams take him smartly, and maybe he's a veteran receiver we trade for sometime in the future when the Rams start blowing it up. But in any event, what we saw over the last week, and we'll start diving into this more over the next couple of weeks, uh, what we saw in some of these these bowl games and everything like that, we're hopefully going to we'll be talking to Ian Kenyon uh, from the 33rd team eventually. We'll get Cynthia Freeland on here to talk about Daniel Jeremiah. We'll start we'll start diving in to some of these prospects. But it was interesting because it was a pretty cool, you know, to watch these guys play. That's what's most important. The combine, not as important. We want to do it. I know I work for the NFL network and we got to pump up the combine. Watch combine coverage. Go out and do all that. Like, what do you need to know? Like, what did Justin Jefferson need the combine to convince? I don't know. Because a lot of people, I don't, I, I don't know. Because like somebody went to the combine and got drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson because you just couldn't watch the tape of him at Louisiana State. And so what we saw over these bull games, like uh, Tank from Houston, Tank was it Tank Williams, not Tank Williams, but Tank Hill, like he was amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the stuff that's important to me more so than what's going on at the combine. So they'll be. We'll watch the combine, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on with the Bears because obviously we're the number one team when it comes to free agent spending with uh, salary cap space, you know, close to 100 mil, depending on the number, however they define that. And as we saw over the last couple of days, they started releasing the numbers like, hey, the Bears are close to 100 million in salary cap space. We got to spend a lot because we got to get to the we got to get to the salary floor which is going to be fun. It's like, Hey, we got to spend this much amount of money. It's like having a gift card or like, it's like having Kohl's cash in a way or old Navy bucks where it's like, Hey, you got to spend this by a certain date. And if you don't, excuse me, you're going to get in trouble with the NFL because there is a collective bargaining agreement. There's a reason, you know, the salary to have a salary cap, you have to have a salary floor. Otherwise these teams would cut every veteran and we would just sign a bunch of college kids to minimum, minimum, minimum salaries and that's what that would be the nfl right now it would be like patrick mahomes travis kelsey and a bunch of second and third year guys i mean the chiefs are almost kind of doing that with the injuries to the wide receiver position but we did see you know the bears have a lot of salary cap space there are some teams that are actually in salary cap hell or at least pure purgatory like they're going to need to make some moves they have at least some some questions weighing on them and i really want to take a moment to focus in on the Los Angeles Chargers, who last year we traded Khalil Mack to the Chargers. In exchange, we got a second round draft pick, which turned into Jaquan Brisker. So we treated, retraded Khalil Mack for Jaquan Brisker. And I think over the long run, over, you know, not comparing careers, you know, we got, we got, we got prime Khalil Mack. We traded him when he got older and then we're going to have prime Jaquan Brisker. So that turned out to be a really good trade. But what's interesting to note here is that number one, Khalil Mack could end up being a salary cap casualty. The Chargers are going to have to make some moves and try to create some room. Another guy who's on that list, and you might have seen it on my Twitter feed because I joked about it, but Keenan Allen is another player who could be available. We're going to start seeing this over the next couple of weeks. Conjecture over 
who could be a salary cap casualty. Now, I know I if I'm not mistaken, and I certainly could be, Khalil Max already reworked his deal a number of times. That has given him, you know, some flexibility, given teams flexibility. He might not be down for that once again. And Keenan Allen, again, I don't know his exact contact contract situation, but he also could be in a situation where, you know, he could rework his deal, push some guaranteed money out for a number of years and end up staying with the LA Chargers, you know, because it's, you know, the Chargers fancy themselves a playoff contender um, or a team that goes to the playoffs and loses after giving up a 27 to nothing lead. But in any event, the Chargers, they have some decisions to make what you're going to do with Khalil Mack. And so I guess the question that comes up is number one, wouldn't it be awesome if Khalil Mack, not that he's cut, like he's fine. Like if Khalil Mack gets released, could he end up being a member of the Chicago Bears? Kind of double dipping, like we get Jaquan Brisker and we get Khalil Mack to return. The problem is with players like Khalil Mack is that the team he would sign with would be one who's Super Bowl ready. One that's competing for the Super Bowl. I'm not saying playoff ready because I think the Bears fall into the category of a team that is playoff ready. But what a player like Khalil Mack would be looking at is a situation where the team's pretty doggone close to the Super Bowl and he would sign with them, be it the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo, the Bengals. Buffalo makes a lot of sense because that's where he went to college. We could also see him. Who's the NFC? I guess the 49ers, if that would make sense. If that would be the right fit for him, I'm not sure that it would be. The thing is, is like players like that end up choosing a team that's really close to the Super Bowl, not not a playoff team. The Lions are going to be a bubble for a lot of those players. Like God, could he, it could make a lot of sense to go to the Lions. And I think that I've been I've been giving way too much praise to the Lions over the last couple of weeks. But that's a team that's going to be interesting and will be able to, like, they're going to be in the mix too because I think it's going to be the Bears and the Lions taking over as the dominant forces in the NFC North in the very near future. Although, congratulations to the Minnesota Vikings for getting Brian Flores. That's a, that's a, that's a kick in the junk right there. I don't, I didn't, I didn't care for that at all. I don't want, I don't, I don't want the Vikings with competent quarter coaches, but they still have Kirk Cousins. So, yeah. You know, it, it, it all balances out. But another guy, of course, who could be a possibility to being, you know, a cap casualty for the LA Chargers is Keenan Allen. My initial reaction was like, yeah, he would look sick playing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I get a lot of questions and people are like, why not the Bears? Nothing about Keenan Allen is, ter- I like Keenan Allen. He's a good player. I know a lot of people will be like, hey, he's injury prone. Like, hey, he's been. you know what? He had some injuries this season. That's fair. But over the previous five years, he missed like three games. So don't get it twisted. And injuries are a part of the NFL, and you can't really worry about that too much. He is just 30 years old. He is still going to be a valuable contributor to an NFL team next season. It might be the Chargers. Once again, I saw our friend Chase Daniel was not pleased with me for making those jokes. And a couple of other guys were like, hey, Rank, you're a little off base. But My point being is if Keenan Allen was released by the LA Chargers, the teams that would be lining up to sign him would be a team like, of course, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, who could use a guy like Keenan Allen to go there. Hey, again, Buffalo, another one. Uh, you know, another one of those teams. If the Bengals end up moving on from T. Higgins, and you know what, they're like, you know what, we need somebody as a stopgap. We're going to draft a receiver or whatever it is. Keenan Allen would fit in nicely as part of that receiver room. There's a lot of those guys who'll be coming out. Now, Keenan Allen is the high end. He's top shelf. So he's going to go to a, a Super Bowl contender, which might or might not rule out the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know what that means. The Vegas Raiders would make a lot of sense for Keenan Allen as well. Like if he, like he could end up doing the Melvin Gordon, where he's like, I'm just going to play for a division rival, be it the Chiefs, be it the Las Vegas Raiders. We remember when he was drafted or when he was a rookie, he was running around in a Raiders hat. Grew up as a Raiders fan, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, you pair him with Devontae Adams and potentially Aaron Rodgers. And that's another big story that's going around this week, too, is, is Aaron Rodgers was, of course, as we as he does every Tuesday, he goes on the Pat McAfee show, gives some nebulous answer. Some I, I love that, that Aaron Rodgers just always wants to sound so deep. And so smart, like he's, he's as shallow as a puddle, but he always wants to sound like this deep guy. Like, yeah, dude, like I just, you know, I'm going to lock myself in a basement, turn the lights off. I'm going to be in a dark room, smoke a bunch of, weed. I don't know. I'm just saying that, but you know what? Like he tries to sound like he's the dude who, like when you were in college, he was always like trying to impress girls by telling them that he was really like, I'm really into Radiohead. You're like, oh, yeah, Radiohead's fine. You're like, no, dude, like, I'm really into Radiohead. You're like, all right, already. We get it. You like Radiohead. You're a deep, free thinker. I will say this, though. In Aaron Rodgers' defense, now, he's lame. He sounds like a dumbass when he's trying to, like, eh, like, look at me. I'm so smart. Like, I'm just, whatever. It is a big, it is a big decision though. You know what? I do. I will push back on this. And I do know that people are like, Hey, Aaron Rodgers is making it all about himself, which, yeah, of course. But at the same time, like it's a huge decision. You know, you don't want to be, you don't want to just rush into this. Now, last year, Tom Brady was in a very similar situation. Uh, he apparently rushed into a decision that he was not ready to make changed his mind, had to return to the NFL, family issues. You saw what happened. The team went eight and nine, still made the playoffs, but he still went eight and nine. It was not a great way to go out. Aaron Rodgers has a lot to consider. And he was just at the golf tournament up at, uh, up at Pebble beach. And it's like, he's his post playing career. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be a lot of that, a lot of golf, like not having to deal with a lot of things. So he does have a very big decision to make. And you can sit here and be like, well, he's holding, he's holding the Packers hostage, which is fine with me. He's also like, you know what? Here's the thing that's telling though. He's not holding them hostage. I think that Jordan love is holding them hostage. Now, remember when this situation came up a, a number of years ago, when, when Brett Favre was going through his feelings, was going through his yearly, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think you might remember, was it Andrew Siciliano? We had camped out 
I think the NFL Network, with, I think it was Andrew Siciliano who was like camped out in front of Air, uh, Brett Favre's house for like three three off seasons. He just sat there and like, well, there's a jet. Like, who knows what that means? When the Packers were faced with this situation with Brett Favre, they knew that Aaron Rodgers was good and they were ready to move on. They were like, okay, yeah, we're good. Like, you know what, Favre? We'll make the decision for you. We're going to send you to the New York Jets. Okay. Or you can retire and whatever. We're ready to move on. We're going to, we're going with Rodgers. You want to play still fine. You're going to go with the Jets. I think he retired and came back. Forgive me. But the thing was, is the Packers were very comfortable moving on to Aaron Rodgers because they knew exactly what they had. They're like, whatever, dude, like go do what you got to do. We're moving on. You go do your thing. Deuces. Uh, thanks for everything. It's been a great run. See you later. That is not happening with Jordan Love. And to me, and I don't think that we need to, uh, we need to, uh, we need to, uh, sorry, I'm reading a note from Sammy. Um, I think with, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, they knew what it was. I think that if the Packers really liked Jordan Love, if they were like sold on Jordan Love, this thing would be over. They would be like, yeah, whatever, Aaron, we don't care. Like Jordan Love would be their quarterback. They would move on. I might not have the timing correct, but it always, it, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers is holding more sway than Brett Favre did because I think they had more faith in Aaron Rodgers in this situation as opposed to where Jordan Love is right now. And to be honest with you, um, you know, it's fun. It's fun watching this implode because I think that, you know, this division is going to look drastically different over the next, no, over the, the, the next number of years. And I think that the Packers are in for a rude awakening. And I think that we see a lot of these coaches who have benefited from having these great quarterbacks. Like you, you get a pretty good sense of like who the coach is, who the quarterback is, like who, who really contributed to the success. And I think that, oh, excuse me. This is what I get for having taco night before. I had to have dinner early tonight because I got to go to an a AYSO coaches meeting uh, after this show tonight. I know it's still, it's early on the West Coast. It's still the natural light out here. So I think that, you know, this division is going to look a little bit, a little bit different. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And so, you know, Aaron Rodgers might end up, you know, Whatever his decision is, I think if the if the Packers were confident in Jordan Love, they probably have already made the move. Just been like, fine, we're sending you to Las Vegas, and you can go do your thing. You can go play with Devontae Adams again. And Devontae Adams is being great about stirring the pot, about trying to get you know trying to get Aaron Rodgers, or at least you know trolling people, which I again I'm here for, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So. A lot of interesting things happen. So see, there's still so much to talk about. Now, Sammy, I got to know. I got to know. Do we have any questions, though? Before I start going, Michael Vick just said the Bears need to build around Justin Fields. What pieces do you think that we need? You know what? I am I am apprehensive about bringing in one of the veteran receivers that you are, are expecting. Uh, Keenan Allen, notwithstanding. I think if, if Keenan Allen was willing to play for the Chicago Bears, I would certainly take a look at that. But looking at some of the players who will be available, and I'm looking at the the Robert Woods type players. I don't know that that necessarily makes a lot of sense 
for the Chicago Bears. We still have to remember Darnell Mooney's coming back. Chase Claypool is going to have a full offseason. There is going to be a draft pick who is going to be figured in as the number three guy. I still have a lot of faith in Bayless Jones Jr. We saw Bayless Jones Jr. at the Senior Bowl uh, with the coaching staff, Luke Getze talking him up. And that's the thing is having Luke Getze be a part of the staff. Now, it didn't work out when John Fox was the, the, the coach when Cooper Cup and Hassan Reddick uh, we're playing in the senior bowl. We didn't, we didn't dive into that kind of scouting, but again, I feel a lot more confident with Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham. Uh, the two guys who came from the two organizations that are playing in the super bowl this season, there's a lot of reason for optimism. So honestly, if, if this, again, this is going to be my conjecture of what happens is there'll be some sort of trade. We're not going to be, we're not going to hold on to the number one pick. We're going to move down, be it four be it eight. You know, we saw the thing with Carolina. That's another thing too. But anyway, let me answer this question. So what they're going to probably do, this would be my, is that, you know, they will probably try to sign an interior offensive lineman, be it a center, somebody like that. They'll draft some linemen. They're going to get, I think that when you look at the money that is going to be spent in free agency, the majority of that money, I believe is going to be spent on the defensive line. We saw it last year. The first signing, like immediately, the Bears went after Larry Ogunjobi. Obviously, he didn't pass his physical. They had to pivot to Justin Jones, and it worked out. It was fine, but they need more of those kind of signings. So any sort of available big-time player or just even role player, I don't I don't think the Bears need some splash player. They don't need a, a guy that's like a headliner so to speak. They don't need that, you know, like, Hey, we signed, you know, like when Cleo Mack first came to the bears, like, I don't know what it would cost for that, but you know, they don't need something like that. They, you know, just a lot of, they just need a lot of dudes. They need a lot of good football players. Matt Eberflus has shown through the entirety of his career is that he works with what is given him. And I thought last year, the defense wasn't as bad as it could have been. Uh, and I think there'll be a lot of improvements because there'll be a lot more depth this season. And we're going to see that. And guys like, you know, if, if Kenny Moore, for instance, was a cap casualty for the Indianapolis Colts, I think that that is somebody the Chicago Bears would take a look at. I think a veteran cornerback is going to be in the mix. Some defensive linemen are going to be signed. They'll sign an interior offensive lineman. They might take a run at one of the running backs. If they become available, it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with David Montgomery. Hopefully he is going to return to the team, but you know what? I think that, and then maybe, you know, if, if the D hops thing, D hop, if Tampa Bay wants to blow it up, if Michael Thomas becomes available, I think receivers like that make a little bit more sense than guys like Bobby trees and players like that. So I, I think that, you know, we'll see them invest in that and then go through the draft with a variety of picks. And it's funny because you know, everybody, everybody's an expert now. Everybody's doing the evaluation of the picks and like, Hey, if there was some kid to like, I don't know how Twitter works now, but like there was a guy who's just kept showing up in my mentions and I'm like, okay, I'm going to mute this guy. And his, his post still kept showing up and I'm like, all right, well mute this conversation. And it still kept showing up. I'm like, I don't want to see this play, this person anymore. Like I'm done. Cause like, it wasn't, it wasn't rational. He's like, there was some argument to be made about, um, 
you know, because if if Carolina moved up, if Carolina moved up to the number one overall pick, and I'm not saying that they want to, who knows? They might be content to move up to number three. If they moved up to number one from number eight, they have to give up three first round picks, including this year's, next year's, and probably, of course, 2025. That's just the way, when you drop that far in the first round, that's just what it costs. And somebody was making the argument like, well, there's no Andrew Luck type in this. I'm like, I understand that, but it's still based on the position of the draft. You know, don't act like Trey Lance was, was some knockout superstar. That was a must like, oh, he was an automatic find. That was not the case. And obviously the 49ers were trying to, the 49ers made that trade in an effort to flip the pick to Aaron Rodgers, but still that is, you know, what, what it costs. Like it, like if a team like the Titans, the Panthers, or one of those teams moves up in the draft, we're getting a, we're getting an S ton of picks. We really are. And now I'm going to tell you this right now. We're absolutely getting that many. If it's the Indianapolis Colts or if it's the Houston Texans and we're staying in the top four, we might not get that 2025 first round draft pick. It would be hard to see that. But again, these teams are under pressure, especially teams with first year coaches. If you think about the Indianapolis Colts, if you think about the Houston Texans, the Tennessee Titans, the Carolina Panthers, you know, we could even throw the Atlanta Falcons in the mix, although I think they'd be a little bit more hesitant to make a huge splash, but you never know. When you think of those four teams, all of them have first-year head coaches, first-year brand-new offensive coordinators. They are not the – whether you believe that Bryce Young – is better than Andrew Luck was as a prospect doesn't matter. What matters is, is that these coaching staffs want to get their guy in place this season because they do not want to start year two with a rookie quarterback. And there is no guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to be as amazing as everybody thinks he's going to be. Remember when Matt Barkley, and this isn't a USC connection, but I'm just talking about like a guy who had Matt Barkley come out during what the first year he was eligible, he would have been the first overall pick in the draft. This happens with a lot of these quarterbacks. And then they play an extra season. They're like, eh, it didn't quite work out. It happens. And the NFL teams are not, they're not playing like we are. They want to get this, they want to get down to business seriously or immediately. You have four teams who need a quarterback who have first year head coaches. They need to get the quarterback situation settled. They're not going to go. They're not going to go get Derek Carr. They're not going to go get uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that. They're going for a rookie quarterback. The Carolina Panthers are not bringing in a veteran quarterback. The Carolina Panthers are going to have a rookie starting quarterback this season. And if they determine that they need to have the number one overall pick, they're going to have to pay for it. Whether you think that Bryce Young is good or not is immaterial. They're going to have to pay for it. And to be honestly, and to be honest, as a Bears fan, I would rather have the bounty of picks 
as opposed to getting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. That's just me. All right, Sammy, do we have another question? Oh my gosh. Do you think, do you think the bears will sign pain from Washington? I am more convinced of this happening than anybody else. I've talked to some people who are tuned in. And every time that I say this, the Washington fans feel like he's going to be franchise tagged. A lot of the NFL insiders I have spoken to feel that that might not happen because the, the, the commanders have already invested so much into the defensive line. You can't, they have so many first round picks on the defensive line that you can only allocate so many resources to one position group, especially when you need help in different spots, when you need, you know, when you can use just about everything, uh, you're not going to spend that much on the defensive line. So there is a very good chance that he becomes available. If he is a guy that Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles determine would fit our scheme. And I know that we think so. And I know that we watch it, but it, you know what? It doesn't matter if, if Eberflus does not believe this is the case. I would be very shocked if any team was willing to outbid us. Now, somebody's like, oh, Atlanta's going to be like, Atlanta can be in the mix. I don't care. Chicago's got the money. And if people are talking about, well, he wants them. Now, he's, he's not in the position. He's not, like when I was talking about Keenan Allen and Khalil Herbert and those guys, you know, wanting to chase a ring, Payne's not at the chase a ring portion of his career yet. He's in the, give me the highest contract I am going to make portion of his career. That's where I am in my career. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm chasing the money. My next contract is going to be a money contract. Who's paying me the most? I'm there. And then finally, when that contract's over, I sign a legacy deal with ESPN just to finish it off. And I'm teasing, but you know what I'm saying? Like this is his money deal. This is his, I want to get paid. Who's paying me the most. Who's giving me the guaranteed money. I believe that nobody's going to outbid the bears. If they determine that that is their guy, they will not be outbid. It'll not be a thing. And if, if you, if we find out that if, if Payne does not get franchise tag and he shows up there in March and he's available, if some team signs him, it's because the bears didn't want him. That's it's that simple. They're not going to be outbid for him. If that's the term of their guy, cause that is the most important position to this team as evidenced by last year when Larry Ogunjobi was the uh, first, first signee for the bears. Of course it didn't work out. All right. How many, what else do we have? What else do we have? Oh my gosh. Oh, profit. You know what? You bring in pain and Carter. All right. So I said before, hold on, hold on for a second there. I love that idea. I mean, I would, I'm used to having Carmen here so I can have a break. Take a, take a water break here and there. I will say this. Now, they do have two excellent prospects uh, at the top of the draft. Because you know what? Uh, Ryan Pulse could certainly believe differently than I do. I would value a 2025 first-round pick over staying in the top four. But you know what? If we have to stay in the top four, 
and we end up with Payne and Carter. Well, I'm certainly not going to be upset about that. I think that's a pretty devastating offensive line. And the cool thing about that is when you talk about the money that's being spent, and we'll get a sense of this too. I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how this works out during the during the free agency period. Because there is a, I mean, maybe the Bears just say, look, we're going to stay in the top four. We might even keep the first pick and we're just going to get our guy and then we're going to not have to pay him the amount of money we're, we're paying Payne. But I think given how much cap space the Bears have, I think it would be important. And if we could get both of those, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying no to that deal at all. I still like my personal preference. It's like, listen, if we're going out and there's a bunch of us and we're going out to pizza and it's thin crust tavern style pizza. And I'm like sitting there and I'm like, you know what I would love? I would love a sausage pizza. And if somebody's like, no, nah, we're going to order the Hawaiian instead. I'll be like, okay, that works for me too. I'll eat that. Similarly, whether the bears, you know, stay on the top four or, or, or get that extra draft pick in 2025, I'm good either way. Cause I am confident that they're going to make this work. And I, I, I have a lot of faith in Ryan. I don't know why. And I saw that EJ put this out too. Like people are being like, they don't like, like, how do you not like Ryan Poles? Like, it's probably irrational for me to be so committed to Ryan Poles. But the whole thing is, is like, I trusted the process last year. I trust the organization that he came from. I trust his credentials. I trust everything about him. Trust the process of what brought him to Chicago. There is nothing that has happened over the last 12 months that leads you to believe that he's not the man for the job. That's just me. It's ridiculous to have a negative connotation towards him right now in any event. Sammy, how about another question? <laughs> I'm in. Laz, I know that it's like, listen, do we really want, I no, I listen, people may, no, I'm not going to live golf. I, I follow what John Rahm said though. Uh, I, I've been listening to interviews. John Rahm is still friends with a lot of those guys and there are people out there. That's a little bit of a different situation, but you know what? Uh, you know what? Everybody else makes, you know, it's like Ted DiBiase. Everybody has a price. I don't know. I would, I would stay on the tour. I love the PGA tour. I was up late last night watching, uh, Dustin Rose win the, uh, when the spoiler alert, by the way, win the tournament, I'll be spending a lot of time watching what's going on at the waste management. There's something still special about the PGA. So I'm not going to live golf. Plus it's a lot of money. All right. Uh, how about another question? I'll get to the Super Bowl things. Blues said, that if players buy into the system, then a C-grade player will become a B-grade, B-grade, A-grade. Do you agree with this? Absolutely, Casey. Uh, I love this question, and I do agree with everything that Matt Eberflew says. Is like There is nothing worse than a guy who is one of the most talented players on a team but doesn't buy into the system, isn't willing to put in the work or anything like that. And I, you know what? I will look at, um, uh, why can't I think of it? Sanborn, Jack Sanborn undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin who obviously has the tools to, to play at the NFL level. He comes in, buys into everything, and it was noticeable in camp. If you spent any amount of time out there at Bears camp, you're like, Sanborn can play. Like, who? I don't know who, like a lot of people didn't know who number 57 was. 
but he was, he was noticeable. And it shows you that when players come in and they buy in now, Shaq Leonard, I don't know how he did. I didn't play. I didn't pay close enough attention last season. I don't know what the deal was with the Indianapolis Colts, but the Colts were better when, especially defensively when Eberflus was there. So don't give me, so I, I agree with this. If the guys come in there and they're buying in and they're playing hard and they're doing that, they have the ability to turn this around. Now, at the same time, that I don't want that to be a cop-out for the team not going out and acquiring as much talent as possible. And this goes back to an earlier question, talking about Michael Vick, about surrounding the team with talent. That goes to every phase of football. And I think that you're going to be pleasantly surprised when the free agency window opens. The Bears are not going to be shy about making some big moves. And we'll get ripped. We're going to overpay for some players. And it's going to be very similar to last year when Christian Kirk was signed to a lot of money. I was one of those people. It was like, what the hell are you doing? Signing this guy to this amount of money? Are you insane? Well, it turned out to be one of the most sane things that anybody has ever done because Christian Kirk ended up being a damn good player for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know why? Because he bought into Doug Peterson's system. Okay? That's a huge example right there. So the Bears are going to overpay for some guys that you might think are like, eh, he's okay. But once he gets in and they buy in, if they get the right kind of guys who are buying into the Eberflus and the pulls and everything that's going on, with what's happening in Chicago, then those guys are going to end up being very good football players. So I do believe that, Casey. Good question. All right. How about another one? Uh, predict. Oh, my God. I can't. Bears for I owe you five bucks. Because I I still think, like, I'm still, geez, I'm knocking over equipment. So Skaronsky, I still think that, um, I still think he's going to be a, I, I think that that's who they end up with. I think they, I'm, I'm predicting that the trade of all the trades that happen, I think it's going to be the, the Carolina Panthers and we're going to get him. I think Braxton Jones is a lock at left tackle. And I think, um, shoot. So we're going to go, we're going to go. Tevin Jenkins is going to be in there. I think we're going to sign a veteran. So I think we're going to have, the rookie at right tackle. So let's go Skaronsky. I think Tevin Jenkins ends up staying at right guard. That just makes too much sense. Free agent center, new right guard, unless white hair miraculously sticks around. And uh, then our guy, the rookie. Why can't I think of his name now? Hit me. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Braxton Jones. This was one thing. I don't know how much you've been paying attention to the Philadelphia Eagles. If you ever notice what makes the Philadelphia Eagles so successful, in particular, watch watch Kelsey play. Jason Kelsey is so athletic that they can use him to pull like a lot of teams use pulling guards. You know, Steve Smith was breaking this down on Total Access the other day. And he's like, watch, watch Kelsey like get out in these blocks and how it opens up. So after the show, I go up to Steve and I go, Hey, I go, um, can you look at a couple of plays from the bears? Cause like, this is exactly what I think the bears are trying to do with Braxton Jones. He's so athletic that they pull him a lot. 
and they use him to get out there and get on defenders. And he was like, yeah, this is exactly what they're trying to do. Like it's, it's even more impressive that they're doing it with a tackle. Like he's not even playing guard. Like he's playing tackle and he's getting out in front because he's so athletic. And he goes, this is exactly what these teams are trying to do. And it's no coincidence that the Philadelphia Eagles and Ian Cunningham comes from the Philadelphia Eagles. Like it's no coincidence that the bears were so heavily invested in a player like Braxton Jones because of his athleticism, because he does those things. Watch some of the plays. And if I was Berlissimo, I could pull these plays up for you, but like Kelsey comes around, like there's a play where Bosa is not watching Kelsey and Kelsey gets him. This nails Bosa, takes him out of the play, decletes him, the whole thing. Braxton Jones, and I know a lot of people were talking about the bull rushes and he needs to get stronger. All of that stuff counts. But I will tell you this, the athleticism of a guy like Braxton Jones is going to be the kind of character, the kind of player the Bears will be looking for on the offensive line. Like who can go out there and make athletic plays? That is going to be a huge determination of the guys who play here. And it's one thing that Ryan Pulse talked about last year is that, you know, get your running shoes on, be ready to run. And some of those guys who didn't quite fit the mold are not going to be playing. And I like Larry Borum, and I think that he's a talented player. I'm not sure. I I like Larry Borum. I hope he has to compete for a starting job because we've brought in so much so many athletic guys that it's a struggle to get on the field. That's exactly what we want. I don't want, like, I don't want to dismiss Larry Borum because I want him to rise to the challenge, but it is a definite challenge and watch the Super Bowl, watch both offensive lines, but in particular, watch the Eagles offensive line and watch how athletic they are and watch the way they use Jason Kelsey. That's exactly what the Bears are trying to do. And I know it's one thing, like when we sit here and we talk about like, hey, there's a blueprint, like this is what they're trying to follow. They're coming, our guys are coming from these organizations, organizations, two of them, Philadelphia and Kansas City. What we see on the field this weekend is it's not lip service of like, we're trying to, there's a reason why we pulled guys from these teams. So I think we're going to see a lot more athletic guys. So without putting a name, I'm so sorry, Bears Forever. I know you're you're such a loyal uh, contributor. I really do appreciate it. We tr- but that's who we're going to be. We're going to be going after guys like that, that can make plays like that. It's, a, it's an exciting time. Like watching the Eagles offensive line gets me fired up for what the Bears offensive line is going to look like. I know it, it's, it wasn't great this year. It's going to be completely different. I think uh, I I was hesitant to be like, we don't need to four new starters. There could be. I don't think, I think that Braxton and, and Tevin Jenkins are locks. Uh, you can't get rid of those guys. But the more I think about it, and Lucas Patrick might work his way back in, he might end up being that other guard. But I think we're going to sign an athletic center. We're going to draft a tackle. And uh, we'll see what happens with the other positions uh, or the other position. I should say, I hope that answered it for you, Bears Forever. Thank you. I owe you one. Anyways, we have another one. 
Do we have any more? Uh, take it to the rank. Would you sign Mike? Listen, I'm in on, I don't know why people don't like this. Like, what is Michael Thomas going to cost you? That is my whole thing. Is like, every time that I bring up Michael Thomas, I'm like, you're not paying him a lot of money. Michael Thomas might also fall into that category of, you know, wanting to go to a team like Kansas City, Buffalo. Buffalo might not take him. Like, he seems like Buffalo kind of is like, Buffalo might be over Stephon Diggs. If I'm not telling tales out of school. So I don't see him like, I don't see him as a, I think Keenan Allen is a, I don't Keenan Allen to me seems like a better teammate than Michael Thomas without, without knowing Michael Thomas at all. I know Keenan Allen and he's a good guy so I can vouch for him. I don't know that Michael Thomas is there. So I think Michael Thomas is a guy that like, yeah, if you can get him on a one-year deal, you might have to overpay him. Michael Thomas might be one of those guys that you sign to a two-year deal, but the second year is not going to kill you if you have to cut him. But like, if he wants to come in here and run slants, I don't know. I'm into it. All right. Um, I believe that that might cap us for the question. So I want to make sure that uh, I talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. I did want to point out um, underdog is giving a special player pick. Um, it's a $20 max bet with uh, a site-wide special. Uh, play along in the Underdog Fantasy app for the big game. For the big game, we can't say Super Bowl. Uh, it's a $20 max, but Jalen Hurts higher than half a yard. So as long as Jalen Hurts goes out there and gains more than a yard, you're going to win. And this is one of those things. Again, these are the fun things that you do. Uh, like, this is the best part of fantasy. And this is the way that fantasy football is moving. And I know a lot of people play in traditional leagues, and I don't think the traditional leagues are going to go away completely. People will continue uh, to do that because you you have the leagues that you play in with your buddies. Like I play in my league of record with friends that I've grown up with and known since the first grade. That league will never go away. But I think like the periphery leagues, you'll be like, I'm less inclined to join a work league or a league with people I don't know. Like I'd rather just play the the props and the over-unders and the 50-50s. There's a lot more opportunity out there to go do some other things. So uh, Underdog Fantasy gives you that opportunity. And right again, they uh, you you sign up right now. You download the app. They will match your uh, initial deposit up to 100 bucks. You can play this game. Wh- however you feel about Jalen Hurts, the over-under, uh, half a yard, whether you think he's going to make that or not, uh, I will not, I, I cannot tell you how to bet that is I'm forbidden to say, but if you think that Jalen hurts is better than half a yard, then you can go pay that play that. Excuse me. I will tell you this. Uh, there are a couple of, uh, interesting things. Now, every time I, I've, I've got, I'm going to pick the, I, everybody knows I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles. I would say that Jalen hurts would probably more than likely end up being the MVP. Although I will caution you. In two out of the last four seasons, wide receivers have been named or been selected. They're named at birth, have been selected as the Super Bowl MVP. So it's not a slam dunk as everybody thinks it is. Three out of the last seven Super Bowl MVPs have not been quarterbacks. The other one, of course, being Von Miller. I'm not sure that a defensive player ends up being that. Hassan Reddick. Reddick could end up being that guy this year. Uh, 
Kansas City has a couple of interesting guys. Who is it? Jalen Washington, who's had an interception in each of their games this year. Isaiah Pacheco has been a nice little rookie. But a couple of guys that I would keep an eye out for. Number one, Sky Moore. You know, if you like the Kansas City Chiefs, I think Sky Moore is an interesting way to go. He, um, Sky Moore is going to probably play a little bit more. If you ever watched, if you've been watching the injury report of the Kansas City Chiefs, their wide receivers are banged up. And we saw a little bit more of Sky Moore uh, in the AFC Championship game, more so than we saw him, you know, pretty much during the regular season. Sky Moore is a dark horse candidate for MVP. One guy that I really love is a dark horse candidate for MVP is, is Kenneth Gainwell. And I know that the Kansas City Chiefs defense has been pretty good against the run this season. The problem is, is that teams just don't want to run against the Kansas City Chiefs. Just three teams have attempted more than 30 rushes against the Chiefs this season. Yet, those three teams all gained over 125 yards. And it was Seattle. It was, uh, I think it was Buffalo in week six, believe it or not. And uh, one other team, it was the Bengals. I think it was the, I think it was the Bengals when they beat them. But the three teams that tried to run the ball against the Chiefs, because a lot of teams gave up on it. Either they fell behind, they were game scripted out of it. They didn't have a proper rushing attack. The teams that tried to run the ball against the Chiefs were able to do so. And this is what happens a lot of times in the playoffs is that you look at these teams and they're like, well, they've only allowed like four guys to rush for over 100 yards. You're like, yeah, it was the four good teams that they played. Like the Chiefs played a lot of dog-ass teams that were not interested in running the football. Uh, And even the good teams, like the Chargers, don't run the football. But when they played a team that can run the football, uh, they were in trouble. And the Philadelphia Eagles attempted 30 rush attempts in 13 of the 17 games that Jalen Hurts has played this season, which incidentally they're 16 and one in, they would, if Kenneth Gainwell ends up being the Super Bowl MVP, he would be the first running back to be selected as Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis way back in Super Bowl 32 when they beat the Green Bay Packers. That would also mark the first time, in addition to that, If the Philadelphia Eagles are to win the Super Bowl this year, they will be the first team since that Broncos squad to average over 140 rushing yards per game in a season and go on to win the Super Bowl title. So if Philadelphia is going to win this game, which I think that they will, uh, again, I believe that a lot, even though that it's two out of the last four, it has not been the quarterback. I still think that it's, it's super easy for the quarterback to be the default guy. So I would say that Jalen Hurts is a good one, but if you want to take a stab, Kenneth Gainwell is poised for a great game. Now I want to take an opportunity right now to thank everybody at the sick team, of course, Anello and Sammy, and of course, Carmen Vitale, who traditionally joins us every week and everybody and all the, all the great guests uh, that we've had over the course of the season, all the guys from the bear down pod, uh, of course, draft Dr. Phil bear down cuz Shane Marsa. Uh, everybody, even Eric Lambert, who I love you guys. Eric's a good guy. He's a good dude. You guys knock it off. Uh, I want to thank everybody who came onto the show so far. So, cause this is kind of the, the, the season finale, so to speak, but we're, we're going to be back next Tuesday. Don't, don't worry about that. I will be back next Tuesday because now it's going to be time for us to take over. We're going to be the number one pick. Now everybody's going to turn our attention or turn their attention to us. And I can't wait for it. So I want to thank everybody 
who is, uh, we've been doing like, cool, man. We've had great questions. We've had, uh, a lot of interest over the last couple of weeks. We're going to keep that going. So we're still going to be going strong. I'm excited for this off season. I hope all of you are as well. And, uh, it's just going to be keep getting, it's going to get so much better. Like we're, it's going to be so much fun over the next couple of weeks. We're going to block out the noise and the people who are like, I think the bears will maybe you'll, the, you know, the people are going to show they're going to have their terrible picks. They're going to be like dumb lopsided trades. We're never going to be doing that's fine. It doesn't matter. We have a lot of money to spend. We've got a lot of draft capital that we're going to be bringing in. So it's going to be epic. So hopefully we'll see you here next week. Enjoy the games. Again, if you want to take a stab at fantasy football, underdog fantasy is your place to go download the app today. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening and commenting. If you, if you, if you feel inclined right now, comment sick, let us know that you've been enjoying this first season of the sick podcast, Chicago with Adam rank. And uh, we love you all. And uh, we thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week. We will have a new champion and we will officially be on the clock and I can't wait. So until then, Bear down, and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.